The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about anxiety. High anxiety. So why am I so anxious? The scripture says, be anxious for nothing. But I'm anxious. Should I feel anxious about being anxious? On today's show, we're going to talk about how to deal with our anxieties and how often we can preach simplistic sermons or give simplistic platitudes, but not really deal with the anxiety within us on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, and uh, I'm doing another show. A couple months ago, I told the station, uh, that's it. I don't have enough funding. I'm going to finish broadcasting in January, but some more funding came in, so I got another month. So that's what we're going to do. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show, and if you want to donate to keep us on the air, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org, and donate. Uh, every donation matters. And it's that simple. Uh, this program is not supported by the church I serve. I, uh, there's about, you know, like 80 or 90 people who go to our church and, uh, you know, they just support what's going on there. This is just something for Christians in uh, the Seattle area, the Puget Sound area, and actually throughout the world who listen on the podcast. If they want to support this endeavor, that's how you do it. You go to fairlyspiritual.org. Uh, if you want to just text the show uh, at any time, just to give your thoughts, uh, feedback, you can use this number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. This is not a live show, so I'm not going to text you right back, but 360-818-4513. Uh, we usually broadcast Fridays and Sunday, and we also have uh, the podcast form as well. So subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, if you would. So uh, on today's show, I'm going to talk about anxiety and talk about my anxiety. Now, if I tell you that I'm feeling really anxious, which I am right now, in fact, the last couple months, I've been probably more anxious than I can remember in many years. Let's say in the last 10 years, this has probably been one of the most anxious times of my life, just feeling physically anxious. So, you know, what, what does someone do with that? Well, I know what you do. You just read to me Philippians 4, 6. So let's turn there. So I just told you I'm anxious. You say, well, just read Philippians 4, 6. What does Philippians 4, 6 say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, I read that so my anxiety is fixed, right? I'm just better now. Okay, first, just so you know, that is a scripture that I am reading and meditating upon, and I think I'll even come back to later in the show, and I agree that this is good news, that we are to truly be anxious for nothing, but I don't think we often understand the context of that scripture, and I don't think that's really how it works. 
that we just plug in a scripture and our anxiety goes away. I want to talk to you today, just for me, about my own anxieties. And and here's here's just a struggle. This show is on radio, and this is one of the things I've been kind of arguing with the Lord about. You know, podcasts, you can just kind of be weird. I, I, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are just really weird, right? You can just be like, I don't know, Doug just being weird, but he's got a weird podcast and whatever. It's just half an hour of weirdness. But on the radio, you know, I know there's weird shows, but there's a certain level of where you got to be within a certain standard. So I, I struggle a little bit with how transparent to be or how just just kind of different I'm supposed to be here. But I, I've been praying about it, and I, and I feel like if I can share this journey with you, uh, this will help some people. Others will just be like, I don't know what that's about. That This doesn't belong on Christian radio. But I, I, I'm just, frankly, not speaking to those people. I'm speaking to the person where this will help you. So uh, I, I, just, I just need to share some things about anxiety, about my anxiety, about the scripture. And I'm hoping as we process this, this will help people. And one of the reasons I'm going to do this is I, I've worked with a lot of pastors. One of the things I do with ministry is I, I, I help pastor pastors. You know, I, I meet with them, I connect with them, I gather pastors together. That's part of the ministry that I want to do in life, not just now, but in the future, to be a safe person that pastors can connect with. And I'm going to tell you something, and I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but I know some pastors and even prominent pastors who they'll get in front of the congregation and they'll tell testimonies about their lives. Or they'll give sermons about, this is how you deal with dep depression. Or this is how you deal with anxiety. And they'll talk about something. They'll say, you know, I used to be depressed and I you know, read this scripture and I prayed this prayer and I had this revelation and I'm not depressed anymore. But I've become acquainted with those pastors when they're not in the pulpit. And that's not the whole story. God has helped them with their depression, but they still struggle with depression. They still struggle with anxiety. And they're not trying to lie to you. They're not trying to be dishonest. But they're not always able, or they're not always connected to tell the whole story. Now, some congregations won't allow this. They will not allow a pastor to actually share who they are. Some people want their pastors to be other than them. They want the pastor to be, you know, what they want to become. So someone comes into the church anxious, and they want the pastor to not be anxious. So they can be like, if I just do what the pastor does, then I'll no longer be anxious. Or they want to come to the church depressed, but they want the pastor not to have struggle with depression. So they can say, if I just do what the pastor does, then I won't be depressed. Sometimes people say, well, I, I want my pastor to be unfiltered but they actually don't want that. Because if the pastor says, I'm actually just like you, then that's kind of frustrating because then you realize that this life is a little different. You can't escape things, that you can still be serving the Lord and ministering and reading the Bible and fasting and praying and dedicating your life to Christ and still struggle with things your whole life. That you might still struggle with depression. You might still struggle with anxiety, and it doesn't mean that you won't find ways to, to, to move forward in a healthy way, or it doesn't mean that God might even you know, not heal you in certain areas, but you might still struggle with depression 
or bipolar activity or, or whatever is going on in someone's mind. And so I want to use this show to bring that out. And I know some people don't want to hear that. Some people get upset with that and they, and they just say, well, just, you know, read that scripture and pray and cast out that demon and you'll be okay. But I've met those people. I've met those people who tell those stories, like, I'm no longer depressed, and I'm no longer anxious, and they're not telling you the whole truth. And again, they're not lying. They just can't really connect to what's going on. I had a friend like that who would say, you know, I used to be depressed, and I'm not depressed anymore, but that friend was still depressed. But the hard part is they couldn't talk about their depression because their testimony was, I'm no longer depressed. So they couldn't deal with the fact that sometimes they have highs and sometimes they have lows. And they'd made their depression so much about a spiritual attack that they couldn't just say, well, maybe they kind of have a mind and some chemical imbalances where sometimes they get depressed. And so that's the context that I want to bring this to you. Uh, For me, the last month of my life, I've been about as anxious as I can remember. And and I can maybe give you some reasons. One, our... Our life has been just in upheaval. Uh, in good news, I had an opportunity where I'm going to have my second book, Bush, uh, book published. My first book, I, I self-published, and that's great. But now I have uh, InterVarsity is going to publish my next book. And so I was working on a deadline for January, you know, the end of January to publish this book. So I'm writing the manuscript so an editor can edit this, right? And I'm working really hard at getting the manuscript done so that someone else can look at my material and they can edit it. Now, I'm dyslexic, and although I have a doctorate as a dyslexic, uh, my life has been filled with profoundly disappointing, troubling educational experiences. As a dyslexic, everything was hard for me. My mom had spent hours teaching me how to read, teaching me how to write. Everything was a genuine challenge. I hated school. I would, I would write papers in class, and they would just be marked up with red marks all over them. And so whenever I do anything, there's something in me that feels like I'm going to fail. Like, my kids don't feel this way. They're not dyslexic. They don't have this feeling. They feel like they're going to succeed. But for me, I feel like I'm going to fail. So it's an irrational feeling. Like, I, I haven't failed, but I feel that way. So as I'm working to get this manuscript done, I'm feeling like, I'm going to fail at this. And I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to turn something in, this editor is going to tear it apart, and I'm going to be seen as a failure. I'm just feeling like this little kid who's in class, who's turning in a paper that the teacher just tears apart and marks with red markers and every spelling error and every, you know, I get, I get just, I'm just in that place again as this kid with a learning disability who can't function the way the rest of the kids function in class. So there's that anxiety going on. At the same time, our church has been in this incredible upheaval where we've been in this church building for the last, I don't know how many years, like 10 years. We rented this church building from the Auburn School District, and we had it. We were there, and we loved it, and we could be there all week. And then the church, we knew this was going to happen, but they were going to tear down the building so they could build a new school. And so for the last year and a half, two years, We've been looking for a place to meet, and I've been praying, Lord, would you provide us a place, like a permanent place that we could meet? And the more I researched, the more I couldn't find a permanent place. 
And the more I begin to panic about that, like God would provide, but I couldn't find a permanent place. And, and we're just a congregation of like 80 people. And, and, and well, you know, when they're all there, we could get over a hundred, but they're never all there, but just, it's like 80 people. And we're just, I'm trying to find a place and we can't remotely afford to buy any place. We can't remotely afford to do anything that would build anything or buy land. We can't, and, and any place to rent, we can't afford the square footage. We can't even find places. And it's just getting more and more stressful and stressful. And I know God will provide, but I'm like, how will you provide? And we came to this place where we had to, we just gave everything away, which we knew. So like this church that we'd had, we gave everything away. We just, it was like two weeks ago, just, we gave away everything, all our chairs and Everything in the building, it was just all stripped bare because we could no longer be there. And now we're in this new place, and, and I believe God has provided this new place, but it's a set-up, tear-down reality where we're at the Junior Achievement Building in uh, Auburn. It's next to the YMCA, and they're letting us store most of our stuff there, but not all our stuff. And we're trying to figure out how to set up the right sound system and set up the right stuff for the kids and getting new signage and it's just all new and it is overwhelming to me. And I'm not alone in this. There's all kinds of people helping. I want you to know that this is not because I'm not anxious right now because I have an unhelpful church. I'm not anxious right now because people aren't doing the right things. I have a co-pastor who's just doing everything really well. My wife is supporting me, and she also works in the church as a, a co-minister. She's doing everything so well. The leadership, everyone is doing things really well. The congregation is incredibly supportive, and, and for the, the most part, people have been supportive and just wonderful. My anxiety is just my anxiety. But last Sunday, we had our first service and in this at this new place we're at, and and people were happy and excited, and they looked at the place, and they loved it, and they were smiling, and they were saying positive things. And I was standing there in front of the congregation, just overwhelmed with anxiety. And I told them that, by the way, because that's the kind of honesty we have in our congregation. I just said, you need to know that right now your pastor is hurting. I don't, I just, I'm overwhelmed. And I let them know that I'm going to need their help. I'm going to need their smiles. I'm, I'm weak right now, and I'm going to need their strength because I'm just weak. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm sharing this right now because I'm, I'm in a season right now that just it feels like too much. And I know in sharing that, some people would maybe want to fix me, and they'd say, well, you're doing too much, and you've got to stop doing that. And I'd just like to caution you, please don't do that. Because I know every one of us, you live enough life... And you come to places where you have to walk through things. Because if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something else in life. And no matter what you're doing in life, you come to a place where you got to walk through things. Some of you have to walk through things. You're walking through sicknesses. You're walking through conflicts. You're walking through, you have a, a grown, uh, you know, your child, your children are going through struggles. And, and, and it's grieving your heart. And there's nothing you can do about it but walk through it with them. You've lost a job and you're walking through it. You're trying to pay the bills and you're walking through it and you can't avoid it. You just have to walk through it. And as you walk through it, the parts of who you are just 
just how you are, whether you're someone who's just kind of always been anxious in life or always struggled a little bit with depression or whatever it is, that is rising up and you are trying to figure out how to deal with this. It's just the reality of how you feel. Now, I could process these things and try to figure out, you know, why, why am I the way I am? And, and is it a spiritual attack? Well, you know, probably some of that is too, that we, we're in a big change right now. And yes, I, I do think that the enemy wants to come in and to destroy us and to harm us and to, to keep us from moving forward and taking those next steps. But I also know, even as a little child, when I was just a little child, I was always so anxious and so worried. And I'd go to bed at night with these lists of worries and anxieties. When I would stand in front of groups, I was so scared that my hands would shake. I would, they would just shake. I couldn't, I couldn't memorize anything when I stood in front of a group. Every recital I failed at miserably. I only went into ministry when the Lord convinced me that I I didn't have to memorize anything. I could just stand in front of people and just talk to them like I talk in a conversation. You know, I've done radio programs where I've talked to thousands of people, and yet I can get in front of a group, and when my nerves are not in a good place, my hands shake so much I can't even hold on to a microphone. I remember I used to be an employee at a different radio station, and I was speaking to a bunch of pastors, and I was supposed to introduce someone, and my hand was just shaking and quivering, and I said, I need a mic stand up there. And my boss uh, at the national level started ridiculing me and, you know, making fun of me, kind of how, you know, men will make fun of other weak men. And I just was, he didn't understand. He was, I guess he thought teasing me would make me tougher. And I needed him to know, I like, I don't have control over this. That I can speak to thousands of people on a daily basis with that radio show. But if I'm in a place where my anxiety rises up, my hands begin to quiver so much that everyone in the room will just stare at me. It doesn't go away. And so they got me a mic stand. And I, I just had to request and just go past their ridicule so that I could feel okay in front of a group of people. We all deal with real struggles. And I think one of the goals of my life is just to make these things mentionable, to say, like, I can be in ministry and be like this, and you can do what God's called you to do and be like who you are. And a lot of the people who pretend who they, you know, they just tell you, oh, you know, everything's fine and great. It's not as great as they say it is. And it's not as fine. And often they're far more detached than they're willing to let on to. We all struggle with things. When I see this scripture, the scripture that I read at the beginning of this show, uh, it means something different to me than just, hey, the scripture says don't be anxious, so you shouldn't be anxious. To me, this is a promise that when we are anxious, we can trust in the peace of God. Let me, let me read this to you again. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The first thing when I look at that is when the scripture tells us not to be anxious, the assumption there alone is that we are anxious. If we weren't anxious that wouldn't even be given to us, that as Christians, anxieties are going to rise up. But when anxieties rise up, we don't have to serve those anxieties. We don't have to believe that those anxieties are a reality, or that those anxieties will crush us, or those anxieties will tank our future. 
I see God as a loving God who doesn't come to me and say, hey, what's wrong with you? Don't be anxious. But I see God who sees me in my anxiety and says, Doug, it's okay. I know you're anxious right now. But those anxieties don't have to define you. You don't have to be anxious. It's okay. The things that you think are important or that you feel are important, even though you feel that way, that it's really important, it's not. Even though that you feel like things are going to fall apart, they're not going to. Even that you feel that you're not going to be able to make it, you're going to be able to make it. Even that you feel like whatever that feeling is, you don't have to have that anxiety motivate you. Nothing can separate you from my love. Nothing can separate you from my purposes. Be anxious about nothing. To me, it's much deeper than a feeling. It's do not allow that anxiety to set the course of your life. It's there. But that anxiety is nothing in contrast or in comparison to God's purpose and plan for your life. So instead of allowing that anxiety to motivate your life, come to me. Bring everything to me and pray. Seek my counsel. Seek my advice. Don't live according to the flesh, how you feel. Live according to how my spirit leads you. You may be feeling one way now, Doug, but don't allow that feeling to motivate your life. Pray. Seek my will. Through prayer and supplication, come to me and trust that I'm going to lead you with the next step. And that regardless of your feelings, I have a next step for you, and it's a good step. And you can trust me. You don't have to allow that anxiety to influence your life or to control your next step. And you can do it with thanksgiving. You don't have to do it with dread. You can do it with thanksgiving knowing that that you serve a good God. You can remember that God has done good things for you in the past, and he will do good things for you in the present and the future. You don't have to hide that anxiety, but you can actually let your requests be made known to God. You can bring these things. You can mention them. You can mention this anxiety to God, and you can mention this anxiety to godly people, to the people who love you. You can even mention it to a radio audience or to a podcast audience. And you don't have to be afraid that they'll judge you or condemn you, or if they do judge you or condemn you, that's not God's heart. People who have God's heart will love you and bless you and pray for you and encourage you. And the peace of God, and the peace of God is so much more than feelings. I think we think it's about feelings, but the scripture says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I see that that's more than even changing your heart. Your heart might feel anxious, but I know that my heart is guarded by the peace of God, even when my heart is anxious. That the anxiety of my heart is guarded by God. That he has a peace that protects me. That his peace will protect me and I won't fall into ruin. My faith won't be ruined. My relationships won't be ruined. My life won't be ruined. I will be guarded and protected. I don't even have to comprehend why I'm anxious or I don't have to comprehend what my future is going to be. I can have a peace that passes understanding, a peace that I know right now in this moment before anything changes, I can have peace that God is guarding my present and God will guard my future, that nothing will separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I can speak about my anxieties. 
I know today's show is a little different and part of me feels a little anxious about sharing it because I'm weak and this can seem a little self, you know, too much about me. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm just going to put that out there because I think there's some of you right now who you're really struggling. You're anxious, you're depressed, and you're afraid to talk about it. And God wants you to be able to mention that. And for some of us, just talking about it and mentioning it and recognizing it, there'll be healing there. For others, it's a first step, and maybe there are issues of, of counseling and other next steps to help you. But I want you to know that you can bring before, before the Lord your anxiety. And you can pray and say, Lord, I need your peace to come and to trust you, that you will guard me regardless of how I feel. And I'm telling you, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay? I love you guys. I appreciate you listening and understanding. If you want to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And if you want this show to stay on the air for another month, go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. That's fairlyspiritual.org and click on the donate button. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name and he is our peace. We'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.